Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Weldon. Today's story is called Peter Rabbit and the Scarecrow, an adaptation of a Beatrix Potter story written for you by Daniel Hines. If you would like to support Stories Podcast and get every episode ad-free and a week early, subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or your Apple Podcast app. We have Stories Podcast merch available at storiespodcast.com shop, including a new Mick Munter design featuring Mick, Bigfoot, and Nessie. Check it out! We're also on Cameo for all of your personalized video message needs, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at Stories Podcast. If you send us a drawing of your favorite scene or character, we'll share it on our feed. Now, here's a word from our sponsors. Hey, grown-ups. On the Nintendo Switch system, you can team up with friends in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Where you can meet talking flowers. Life's full of surprises. And where piranha plants sing. And where Mario, Luigi, and Peach turn into elephants. Wowie zowie! And where this announcer turns into a... Super tiny announcer! <laughs> That's not in the game. <clears throat> Sorry, got a little excited. Nintendo Switch, the home of Mario and friends. Game rated E for everyone. Game and systems sold separately. Thanks! Enjoy the episode! Peter Rabbit and the Scarecrow One morning, a little rabbit sat on a riverbank. He was young and fluffy, with tall ears and a bushy tail that he used as a chair while he rested. His name was Benjamin Bunny, but everyone just called him Benny. As he sat picking at some strands of grass and giving them little nibbles, his ear suddenly pricked up. What's that, Cubbig? he asked himself. With a swish and a kick, he ducked low in the grass in case it was a dog or a fox or any of the other animals that would love to eat a rabbit for lunch. He listened closely for a moment and soon made out the clop-clop of horse hooves and the jingle-rattle of a wagon being pulled behind. Benny watched from the tall grass as the wagon rolled into view. Mean old Mr. McGregor was sitting in the front seat, scowling as always. Next to him was his wife, Mrs. McGregor, wearing a scowl as well, but topped with a fancy sun hat. Not wanting to fight with the old farmers, Benny turned and loped away. Loping is when you run with a long, bounding stride, and bunnies are extra good at it. A hop, skip, and a lope later, Benny found himself at his auntie's house. She lived in a neat little hole behind a tree. In fact, it was probably the neatest, softest, sandiest hole in the entire forest. His aunt, Mrs. Rabbit, was strict, but Benny loved his cousins. They were named Flopsy, Mopsy, Penny, and Peter, and you may have heard of them in some other stories. Benny came up to the hole and saw that his auntie was knitting mittens in the window. She was using her own tufted white fur that had fallen out when spring came. She was also burning a little pot of rabbit incense, which we call lavender. Benny could see she was settled down, and if he barged in, she would definitely find a chore for him to do. So he went looking around back instead, hoping to find one of his cousins. He hopped back and forth around the woods until he suddenly nearly tumbled on top of his cousin Peter. Whoa, said Peter. What are you doing? Looking for you, 
said Benny, both of them smiling. Wait, Ub, what happened to your clothes? Peter blushed and looked down at himself. He was wearing nothing but a red bandana tied like a kilt around his waist. Usually he had pants and a jacket, too, so something was definitely wrong. It's a stylish bandana, ventured Peter. But seriously, Peter, said little Benjamin in a whisper, who has got your clothes? Peter replied, Ugh, it's the scarecrow in Mr. McGregor's garden. And he described how he had been chased about the garden by Mr. McGregor for trying to steal some food and how he had dropped his pants and coat to slip away under a fence. The farmer had taken them and used them to decorate his scarecrow. Well, we should go and get the back, said Benny. If your mom sees you in a bandana, you're going to be grounded for sure. I can't, said Peter. The McGregors are still there. They'll try and get me again. Oh, but I just saw them driving down the road in their wagon, said Benny. Mrs. McGregor had on a fancy hat. I bet they'll be gone for hours. Oh, that could work, said Peter. But maybe we should wait until dark. Peter? came Mrs. Rabbit's voice from inside their cozy burrow. Are you there? I need you to fetch some chamomile and lavender. Peter, are you there? On second thought, said Peter with a smile, maybe we should go to the farm right now. And they hopped away before Mrs. Rabbit could find them and give them some chores to do. They went away hand in hand and jumped onto the flat top of the farmer's wall at the bottom of the wood. From here, they looked down into Mr. McGregor's garden. Peter's coat and pants were plain to be seen upon the scarecrow, topped with an old bucket hat of Mr. McGregor's. The garden was surrounded by a chain fence that was buried into the dirt at the bottom. How did you get it last time? Benny asked. Some jumping, some squeezing, a little scraping. It, uh, it wasn't great. I have a better idea said Benny. I can't wreck my clothes squeezing through the gate, and you don't have any clothes to spare. So how do we get in? Follow me, said Benny. He hopped off the wall and came to a pear tree that was growing by the edge of the garden. With three big hops, he was up on a branch that hung out over the garden. From there, it was just a careful jump to the ground. See, Benny said. It's easy. You'll come now. Peter wiggled his butt and tried to jump to the branch in one mighty leap. He went up and up and just barely missed it, falling into the garden hard on his back with an oof. You couldn't do it the easy way? Benny asked. I'm all right, croaked Peter, shaking the dirt from his fur. Let's go get my pants. They made their way to the scarecrow, and Benny boosted Peter up. Hey, don't step on my ears, man. Almost done, said Peter. There. He fell back into the dirt with his jacket and pants in his hands. He quickly shook off the hay and got dressed, stuffing the bandana into his pocket. The jacket was a little tattered from being stretched, and the pants were shrunk a bit from the rain, but all in all, they were still okay. We did it, said Benny. Now let's get going before the farmers get back. 
Not so fast, Benny Buddy, Peter said. The farmer's gone, and we're in the garden, and uh, I've got this bandana here, and maybe we fill it full of carrots and onions for our moms? Oh, they'd love that. Just think of the big Sunday dinner. Together, they picked carrots and onions and even a single giant cabbage and rolled them all up into a tight bundle. Peter knew how to tie knots, so they knotted it closed and were left with a tidy little pack of food. I've just realized the flaw in the plan, said Peter, nose twitching. We can't climb back up the pear tree from this side, especially not trying to carry all this food. No worries, said Benny. Just follow me. He led the way boldly toward the other end of the garden. They went along a little walk on planks under a sunny red brick wall. They passed worms sunning themselves in little puddles and some mice sitting on their doorsteps cracking cherry stones. They got amongst flower pots and frames and tubs. Peter and Benny started hearing strange noises, so they picked up the pace. Almost out, said Peter, but then they rounded the corner and this is what they saw the farmer's cat standing straight in front of them. Her ears were back, and her slick black fur shone in the sun. Two white fangs hung out over her lips, and she purred with hunger. Oh, bunnies in my garden, she said. Naughty, naughty. Her tail switched back and forth, and she prowled forward. What do we do? asked Peter. Well, I don't know, said Benny, but then his eyes fell on an old basket. It could have been for farm blankets or maybe laundry, but Benny didn't care. He took the bag of carrots and onions and cabbage and chucked it at the cat, then grabbed Peter by the paw. Run! The cat got tangled in the bag for a second, giving the bunnies enough time to run to the basket and hide underneath. They both sat down on the inside edges with all their weight. Sure enough, a second later, the cat slammed into the basket and bounced off, unable to move the weight of both chubby bunnies. Fine, she said, calling into their little hiding place. You want to hide? I can wait all day. With that, the cat jumped on top of the basket and laid down. With her weight on top, Peter and Benny couldn't have escaped if they'd wanted to. They were trapped. She can't possibly wait all day, said Peter. She'll get bored in a few minutes, agreed Benny. But they underestimated how much a cat enjoys laying in the sun. An hour passed, then two, then three. By this point, it was well into the evening and the boys were definitely in trouble for missing supper. Any minute now, said Peter and then another two hours passed. They could hear the cat snoring above them, but they couldn't see anything. It was dark outside now, and even darker in the basket. Peter began to get scared, a tear standing in the fuzzy corner of one big brown eye. Um, what do we do? I don't know, said Benny, nearly crying himself. It had all seemed so simple. The farmers were away. How could they forget about the cat? Another hour passed, 
And then they heard a scraping and a rustling. Hey, you, kitty cat, said a strong, deep voice. Benny recognized it immediately. It was his father, Benjamin Bunny. I'm looking for a couple of little rabbits. Dad, we're in here, he shouted, but it was no use. The basket was tight and tucked under the cat. They could only hear Benjamin because his voice was so booming loud. I haven't seen any rabbits, said the cat, licking idly at one of her paws, flexing to show the translucent hooked claws. And if I were you, I would leave my garden and stop asking questions. Peter and Benny shouted more, but it was clear they couldn't be heard. Instead, Benny grabbed Peter's hand and tugged him up. Let's run at the wall together. Save time. And go! The two bunnies ran and leapt at the wall of the basket together. It wasn't enough to tip it over or knock off the cat, but the basket rocked back and forth unmistakably. Looks like you got something in that basket, said Benjamin Bunny. And it had better not be my son and my nephew. Oh, said the cat, narrowing her eyes. And what would you do if it were, little bunny foo-foo? What the cat didn't know was that all bunnies aren't created equal. And while she may have been able to boss around Peter and Benny and all their little cousins, a full-grown buck rabbit was altogether different. You're gonna get off that basket, he said gently, or I'm gonna have to take you off that basket. Come try it said the cat. Careful, Dad, yelled Benny from inside the basket. A second later, there was a terrible thump, and then a scratching sound, and then a bang, boom, rustle, crash, smash, yowl! The basket flew over, and Peter and Benny spilled out, just in time to see Benjamin kicking the cat into the shed with his powerful back legs, and then slamming the lock on the door. The cat hissed, but she was stuck inside. Now let's get out of here, he said. He reached down and grabbed Benny in one arm, Peter in the other, and the sack of carrots and onions and cabbage in his mouth. And then he strolled out of the garden and back into the woods, bold as can be. When the McGregors got home an hour later, they were mystified as to how the cat managed to lock herself in the shed, but shrugged it off in the end. When Peter and Benny got home, they were sent right to their rooms. It was good they had gotten food from the garden, but they knew better than to risk going in by themselves. If Benjamin hadn't come looking for them when they were late, they knew they could have ended up as a cat's dinner. A little later, though, they were allowed out to a big family feast. Mrs. Rabbit was happy that Peter had found his coat and pants, and even happier to have fresh cabbage. Peter and Benny promised that they'd never bother the McGregors again, and they really did try their best, at least until the next adventure. But that's a story for another day. The End Today's story, Peter Rabbit and the Scarecrow, was an adaptation of a Beatrix Potter story, written for you by Daniel Hines, edited and produced for you by Andrew Martin, and performed for you by me, Amanda Weldon. If you would like to support Stories Podcast, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 
Get ad-free episodes and early access when you subscribe to our Wondery Plus Kids feed on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Check out all of our merch available at storiespodcast.com shop. Commission a special video on Cameo. Follow us on Instagram at storiespodcast. Or simply tell your friends about us. We wanted to let all of you know that we've just launched our official YouTube channel at youtube.com slash stories podcast. If you've ever wanted to read along with us, these videos are just for you. They feature the text of the stories nice and big on the screen, with each word highlighted as I read it, so you can match up the way it looks with the way it sounds. YouTube also lets you change the play speed, so depending on your level, you can slow down the narration to follow along. They're great for new readers, storybook time, English language learners, and even just for listening. And in the future, we plan on adding more read-alongs, some live storytime readings, Q&As, and more. Check it out at youtube.com slash stories podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Stories Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus Kids in Apple Podcasts. Grown-ups, before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to tell you about the brand new season of the podcast, Musicland Stories. Musicland Stories is a weekly podcast for kids that takes you on an adventure through the universe of Musicland. The musical Easter eggs and epic stories are sure to be tons of fun for the whole family. Take a listen to what's in store. I'm the conductor. And now, on a brand new season of Musicland Stories, I'm going to take you all the way down to the ocean floor of the deep blue sea. And I've recruited a new crew of sonic expeditioners that I can't wait for you to meet. Together, we're on an underwater odyssey to capture the song of the last Leviathan a giant sea creature who splished and splashed beneath the sea for thousands and thousands of years. Listen to the newest season of Musicland Stories, airing weekly every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.